G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Now, it's my privilege to welcome onto the airwaves Christopher Brohia, who is the Australian Christian Lobby uh, State Director for South Australia. And uh, we're going to have a look at uh, a few of the latest uh, political hot potatoes this morning. Welcome along, Christopher. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, Matt. Good to be here. And hi, everybody across this great land. And, mate, uh, some, some hot topics today. Uh, the Human Rights Children Born Alive Protection Act 2021 will be introduced into Parliament today. Uh, the Federal Children Born Alive Bill. Tell us a bit about that, mate. Well, it's really a very important development because <clears throat> it's putting front and centre into the Parliament the issue of what happens when children are born alive as a result of an abortion that doesn't succeed, particularly late-term abortions. We have now late-term abortion up to birth, basically permitted in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, Tasmania. In South Australia, we've just passed a bill in February to that effect that hasn't come into effect yet because they're still working out all the regulations, etc. But it's pretty clear now from all the evidence that in many cases, uh, because you're dealing with late-term abortion, children who are viable, that is, who can live, uh, independently of their mother, are born alive and left to die. Oh, my goodness. And th- that's, that's just not permissible in this country. It should not be permissible. And so George Christensen is to be commended that he's bringing this bill into federal parliament as a private member's bill. Um, <clears throat> we had the Walk for Life here in South Australia in February, and a nurse, a midwife, gave testimony of back some time ago, she was working in a hospital and she was asked to collect a baby who had been aborted and she went to the mum's bed and the baby was in a bedpan. And the procedure is to take a picture of the baby Uh, And she did, and the flash stimulated the little boy and he started to breathe. Oh, my goodness. Now, she said there was no protocol. Nobody knew what to do. So she wrapped this little boy in a blanket, put him in the storeroom, put the heater on, and visited him from time to time during a shift until he died. Oh. That's Australia. Wow. And so uh, it's it's really, really important that uh, George is doing this to highlight this issue. And hopefully, and we pray that the parliamentarians w- would say that this is not a question of even going to whether late abortion should be permitted. We were, we were chatting about how uh, uh, MP George Christensen has made some final additions to this private member's bill, including a requirement for medical practitioners to report 
children born alive as a result of a, an abortion within seven days. Uh, what are the chances of this, uh, uh, you know, becoming successful? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's realistically, it's going to be a tough ask because it'll be a private members' bill in the lower house, so that requires the government to give it proper time to be debated, and uh, there's obviously limited time coming up to the election in March. Uh, uh, it'll probably be opposed by many in the Labour Party and probably many in the Liberal Party as well, and certainly by the Greens. If it does get through the lower house, then it, there's a big issue in the upper house. But I don't, and, and it's really important that it passes, but at this stage, it's very important that it's, it's been raised because mm -hmm. it's raising the issue for public discussion and raising the issue for community awareness. And it might take two or three or four or five goals. Uh, uh, and Matt Canavan from Queensland has said that he'll pick it up uh, after the next election because George is r retiring at this election. Oh, is he? Okay. So that's, wow. that's, that's really good. Uh, so some of these things need determined, uh, repeated efforts, but it's so important that it's being put on the table. Mm. Um, and it just one of the criticisms that's going to be made is, well, there's no point spending a lot of money on children who are never going to make it. But that's not what the bill requires. The treatment that's required is to be commensurate with the circumstances and can include proper palliative care for the infant. Mm. So... The important thing is this is humanizing these children. They are not just off-casts. They are real living people, and we owe them a duty. Yeah, wonderful. Absolutely. Every life is precious. That's so true. And it's good to see that there's been 16,360 ACL supporters that have sent emails to government leaders to support the bill. And if anyone out there is passionate about this, uh, you can go to acl.org.au, and there's a link there to the uh, National Born Alive uh, Bill, the Children Born Alive Bill. You can uh, uh, find out more info and contact your MPs. It's so important that we contact our MPs and speak up about this, hey? Absolutely. Mm. They, they need to hear our voice, and, and we need to be a voice for the vo voiceless. Proverbs 31 says, Open your mouth for the dumb, for the rights of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, mouth judge righteously, plead the cause of the poor and needy. Mm. They can't speak for themselves, so we have to speak for them. Absolutely. Once again, search up the ACL website for that and uh, make your voice heard. Uh, on another topic, uh, the Religious Discrimination Bill. There's been a lot of discussion about this. There was an important meeting at Parliament House in Canberra last week with Martin Niles and Dan Flynn uh, attending uh, to help to get religious freedom protections in law. What's the latest there? So, just to backtrack, uh, after the marriage vote, um, the Christian communities and other faith communities were promised religious protection federally. Uh, there were two uh, versions of a bill put forward by um, the then Attorney General Christian Porter, and then COVID hit and everything was shelved, and now there's a move to bring it back. So um, Martin had a very good meeting with a very senior member of the uh, government, and then there was a meeting last week with the with Australian Christian Lobby, Martin and Dan Flynn, the Human Rights Law Alliance, the Catholic Bishops' Conference, the Presbyterian Church of Australia, and the Sydney Anglicans. 
um, and they're presented to lots uh, a number of MPs and their advisors. Something around 40 turned up. We were expecting about 20 would be a good show up, but about 40. And the Attorney General sent some of her advisors there. And so there's a, we're pressing as hard as we can to get this back on the agenda. We had a couple of weeks ago a day of action across the country where in about 33 electorates, I think, across the country, we had people uh, on little stands with flyers and, and, and call flutes raising the issue of religious freedom in the broader community. And so um, where it's really important that this is addressed properly and federally, particularly given the legislation in Tasmania, which uh, says that if you offend someone, you could be breaking the law. Uh, and also, obviously, in Victoria, when the uh, gay conversion suppression bill comes alive, which is really directed at suppressing um, biblical truth being applied to someone in the areas of sexuality and gender. So even praying for someone will be illegal. Um, and that's that's completely improper, in my view. And so um, this is really important. Well, it's good to see some movement on this topic and also good to see that uh, there are now 18,500 signatures with an online petition to ask the Prime Minister to take action on protecting religious freedom. And once again, if people would like to sign that petition, it's also at the ACL website, acl.org.au. And uh, there's also uh, a lot of information at the website there if people want to look into that. Uh, on another topic in South Australia, your hometown, uh, your home territory, uh, the assisted suicide bill was debated in the upper house two weeks ago, and we lost 33 votes to 11. Uh, what's the uh, what's the fallout after this? So it was actually debated in the lower house, oh, and the lower we lost. It, it, it had passed the upper house before, and it passed 33 votes to 11 in the lower house. Oh, I see. Um, so it, the sitting started at about 7:30 on the 9th of June and went till about just before. One thirty. Um, I had the dubious privilege of being in Parliament listening to it all night. Um, but um, it's very sad, very disappointing that we've gone this route, which uh, as other states have and Queensland's considering it now. Uh, and it, it really shows a lack of care for the vulnerable because in essence, what we're saying is at a point in life, your life becomes valueless. And the the big question, uh, and all, a lot of stats show this, that the, peop the people feel what they call an existential pain, not so much physical pain, but a lack of purpose. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying by this legislation is we're not, we don't want to... In to expend the time and effort to, to, to show you that your life has purpose. Every life has a purpose and every life has meaning and, and hope. And when you have hope, you can press on. And, and we're just simply willing to, to wash our hands, hands off people. Um, so that's a very sad turn, but it's, it's indicative of a society that has turned away from truth and turned away from, from God. Mm. Um, 
I spoke on the steps of Parliament House to about 100 people on the, on the day of the bill. And um, one of the things I said was that proponents of this bill say, well, death is an end of suffering. Uh, the the question I posed, and it's it's a very important philosophical question that others have posed, is how do you know? Yeah, because we don't know. That's right. The only person who's been there and come back, the Lord Jesus Christ says, "Look, for some it's not an end of suffering; it's only the real beginning." Yeah, and eternal suffering in hell. For those who trust Him, it's eternal bliss in heaven. But so. It, it, it's the foundation of this legislation is false. And so we need to pray that what's proposed in Queensland doesn't come through because Queensland's gone worse than any other state. Wow. Because what they're proposing is that even mental suffering is enough. So the very fear that you could suffer physically or in some other way is enough for you to be prescribed the poison pills and take them. And Paul Kelly wrote a very good article in The Australian the weekend before this legislation in South Australia. And he, and he said this, that the effect of these assisted suicide bills, it shows the moral decay of the West because on the one hand, we're spending enormous amounts of money and effort and shutting down society to protect life because of COVID. On the other hand, we are authorizing the state to liquidate life. And he said, and we don't notice the difference. We don't notice the problem. Mm. And it's, a, it's a very tell telling article. Mm. The one good thing we got in South Australia was legislating that institutions can exercise conscientious objection rights. So hospitals, hospices, et cetera, have the right, will have the right in South Australia to say, we don't perform this procedure. Uh, in the other states, the law is silent on that. But the downside of that was to get that in, a deal was done which compels nursing homes to allow uh, this procedure to be done or, or suicide to be carrying out even if they're philosophically opposed to it. So there was a win but a loss. Um, so that's, that's, that is in South Australia but the, the attention now must focus on Queensland and um, there's, a, there's a campaign on the website and I encourage people, particularly Queenslanders, to go there and, and sign up and let your voice be heard. Well, I do know that there was the uh, March for Life in Queensland uh, uh, recently, and a, a lot, a big crowd turned out for that, uh, of course, focusing on abortion and euthanasia. Uh, but, you know, it's so important. Like, like I said before, life is precious. And, you know, you know, why do we, why do us humans try to play God? You know, why don't we just let God give and take away? You know, it, you know, we, we, we try to just. Um, you know, and bring all these laws in, and you know, it really is state-sanctioned suicide, isn't it? Yeah. If I can tell you a couple of stories which are really got to me as I've been working in this space, uh, a medical oncologist told me that a lady came to him, 
she had she was a dressmaker. She had three kids, teenagers, and she had cancer. They treated her. She got better. She went away. She had a year or so. Then she came back again with secondaries. They tried an experimental drug, and it worked for six months. She went back, did well, came back again, and this time it was right through her system. And she told the doctor, uh, look, I want to end it. So he said, look, it's not legal, but we, we won't hide behind that. Why? And she said, well, firstly, I don't want to... My, my dad went through... Uh, cancer death and he had breathlessness which was awful so he said we can help you with that we can deal with that so you don't have that sensation of lacking air and then she said I can't do anything more for my family and, and he said to her do you think your family only wants you here for what you can do for them because at the same time her youngest daughter was having what what my friend the doctor called a pathological grief reaction. She was screaming at the doctors and nurses saying, you have to help mum. So he told her what, what, what her daughter was going through. And she withdrew her request. And the youngest daughter sat with mum for the next five days till she passed away naturally. And when mum died, the daughter's reaction was far more normal. Her grief was far more normal. Mm. And so my friend, the doctor pointed out that we have value not just because of what we can do, make the beds and and work in the dress shop, but we have value for who we are. Yeah. The other great story a pastor told me was uh, <clears throat> there's a fellow he was visiting in church who said to him, look, I'm going to end my life. Uh, don't help me. And the pastor said, look, I can't undertake that. Anyway, the neighbor went to visit this gentleman he was, he'd been a scientist, um, and he found he'd overdosed. So he rang the church, and one of the pastors said, well, call an ambulance. So they did, and he went, and they got him back. And so my friend went to visit him, the pastor, and he was very angry. He said, look, I told you not to do anything. He said, look, I can't do that. I'm not God. A little while later, he got a call, and the man said, can you come and see me? So he did. And when the pastor went in, there was a young man sitting by the bed, and he said, I'm just going to get some breakfast. And the man told him, that was my son. I haven't seen him for 20 years. Wow. And he heard what happened, and we've come and talked, and we've reconciled our differences. Amazing. So my friend said, look, aren't you glad you didn't try to play God? He said, yeah. Anyway, a little while later, he got another call. He said, come and see me. So he did. And he said, my son's children had gone to New Zealand when the fam when son and his wife had split up 20 years ago. They heard it. Now they've come back, and they, I've seen my grandchildren. Wow. And so that's just a little story that this final chapter of our life can be hugely important, not in what we can do, but in healing relationships, in seeking spiritual truth, in, in dealing with forgiveness issues, which we may never have time to deal with. Mm. And so th that's what we've really got to get clear in our mind. Mm. Every moment of life matters. Absolutely. And you never know what's going to happen in the final hours, days of a person's life. Uh, why would we try to cut it short when it's it's ultimately up to God, you know? It's uh, such a good point. Well, mate, it's been so good to uh, uh, get some uh, stories and some updates from you today. Once again, if people are passionate about these subjects, they can go to the website acl.org.au. Uh, check out the petitions there, sign up to the, the emails and contact your MPs because we need to speak up 
Uh, I know the, the Queensland euthanasia laws is the, the big focus right now. We need to speak up for this. Once again, go to acl.org.au. Well, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you today, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Christopher, God bless. Thanks, Matt, and God bless to everybody. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.